Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Israel has resumed airstrikes in Gaza minutes after the expiration of a week-long truce with Hamas. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Anthony Squazine in Tel Aviv. Truce wasn't extended at 7 a.m. local time. There were some rocket warnings, missiles being fired into uh, Israel just before that ended. And Israel responded immediately, and it looks like we're back to uh, fully-fledged conflict right now. With reports of airstrikes in Gaza, in many different parts of Gaza, and it does seem that the uh, relative calm of the last seven days is well and truly over. Bloomberg's Anthony Squazian in Tel Aviv says Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and other Israeli politicians had consistently said the war would resume at some stage and the truce would not become permanent. Well, Nathan, Secretary of State Antony Blinken was in Tel Aviv when the fighting restarted. Yesterday, he said that Israel must defend itself within the confines of international law. The way Israel defends itself matters. It's imperative that Israel act in accordance with international humanitarian law and the laws of war even when confronting a terrorist group that respects neither. And Secretary Antony Blinken was speaking before the latest escalation. Hamas and other Islamist groups are still thought to be holding around 130 people captive in Gaza. Turning back to politics in the U.S., Karen, there's been a debate between a Republican who's running for president and a Democrat who says he's not. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis squared off last night with California Governor Gavin Newsom. This is a slick, slippery politician whose state is failing. People are leaving his state. Governor DeSantis went after Newsom and California over immigration, high taxes and crime. Governor Newsom touted the White House's message of Bidenomics. 3.9% unemployment, the lowest black unemployment in American history, the lowest unemployment for Hispanics in American history, the lowest unemployment for women in 70 years, the lowest black poverty rates in history. The Fox News debate comes as DeSantis struggles to gain ground on Republican frontrunner Donald Trump in 2024. It also allowed Newsom to air his presidential ambitions for 2028. Well, Nathan, let's turn to the markets now. Stocks begin December after notching one of the biggest November rallies on record. And we get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. After the month's $3 trillion surge, the S&P 500 is now just 5% away from its all-time high. The gauge climbed over 8% in November, a feat achieved fewer than 10 times for that month since 1928, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. It was also the gauge's best month since July of 2022. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. And Charlie was also a profitable month for bond investors. In fact, Treasuries had their best month since the 1980s. And we get more on that from Bloomberg's John Tucker. And Nathan, the boon to bonds comes from signs the economy and inflation are slowing and the Fed is done hiking interest rates. Traders are even betting on the first Fed rate cut in May. Bloomberg Economics sees the Fed cutting rates 125 basis points next year. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Index returned 4.5% in November. That price up and yield down has spurred an everything rally from stocks to cryptocurrencies. 
Does it continue? Listen closely today as Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaks at Spelman College in Atlanta. And if he sounds even a little hawkish, November's rally may turn into the winter of our discontent. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thank you. Well, the Federal Reserve's top bank watchdog wants lenders to be more comfortable turning to the central bank's discount window. Michael Barr, the Fed's vice chair for supervision, touted the backstop as an important tool for financial stability and monetary policy. The discount window provides ready access to funding that can help banks manage their liquidity risks. The ability to access funding at a predictable rate throughout through the discount window should figure importantly into banks' liquidity risk management plans under a range of scenarios. And the Fed's Michael Barr added that it was important that lenders have a range of options for accessing liquidity. Let's check some corporate news now, Karen. After two years of delays and production snags, Tesla has finally handed the first Cybertrucks over to customers. Tesla CEO Elon Musk says it has an extra safety feature. Why did you make it bulletproof? I'm like, why not? <laughs> Do you want to, how tough is your truck? Bulletproof, he says. Elon Musk says the cheapest version of Cybertruck will cost just under $61,000. That's more than 50% over the price Musk floated when he announced the vehicle in 2019. Well, Nathan, Disney has restored its dividend. The entertainment giant declared a dividend of 30 cents a share for the second half of its fiscal year. Disney had pledged to restore the payout, which was halted during the pandemic. Disney has been under pressure to improve its performance and restore its dividend by activist investor Nelson Peltz, who is seeking board seats at the company. Well, speaking of under pressure, Karen, take a look at Dell shares. They are down nearly 6% in early trading. The company reported revenue that declined more than expected, and it continues to see sluggish corporate demand for personal computers. It's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference, or COP28, launched yesterday. Now, before the summit began, United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres warned fossil fuel companies, quote, their old road is rapidly aging. It's time to end our addiction to fossil fuels that is accelerating climate change. It's time to bet on guaranteeing through strong political will that temperatures will not rise more than 1.5 degrees at the end of the century. The United Arab Emirates, which is hosting the summit, announced a commitment of $30 billion to help finance climate solutions. Tens of thousands of delegates are expected to make this the biggest summit ever. It is looking likely that Congress will take the unusual step to expel one of their own. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons reports. George Santos, on the brink of being kicked out of Congress, took his fight to the House floor. I have been convicted of no crimes, Mr. Speaker. But following an investigation by the House Ethics Committee, members said they did find Find some troubling behavior. Committee Chair Congressman Michael Guest offered highlights of the report. It says that Representative Santos sought to fraudulently exploit every aspect of his House candidacy for his own personal profit. After the expulsion vote, Santos still faces a 23-count federal indictment that alleges he stole from donors and used campaign money for personal expenses. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. The CDC is monitoring a pneumonia outbreak among children in the Cincinnati area. Warren County, Ohio, has reported 142 infections since August. 
The outbreak comes amid China's surge in hospitalizations, which CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen told Congress yesterday is not being caused by a new virus. We do not believe this is a new or novel pathogen. We believe this is all existing, meaning COVID, flu, RSV. Cohen told Congress the winter cold and flu season offers the CDC a chance to regain the public's trust. And former White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci is set to testify before Congress early next year on the origins of COVID and the pandemic response by the U.S. This would be the first time Fauci has testified since he retired. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio as a he said, but now, also as she said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. So how do you do it? You subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. You can get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Garen, week 13 underway. Thursday night football in Dallas with the Cowboys. We're going for a 14th consecutive home victory. They trail Seattle throughout the second half until a Dak Prescott touchdown pass with 437 left. Cowboys won 41 to 35. Prescott having an MVP type season. He threw for just shy of 300 yards, three touchdowns. Geno Smith, the Seahawks QB, also threw for three touchdowns. All of them went to DK Metcalf, but the Seahawks have now lost three in a row. They dropped to six and six. Buffalo Bills pass rusher Von Miller was facing an arrest. An arrest warrant was issued last night in Dallas. He turned himself in. He's in Dallas because the Bills have a bye week. He was arrested on domestic violence charge in a case involving his girlfriend. The NFL in the past has flexed games, moved them from the Sunday afternoon to Sunday night. Never before had they flexed a game into a Monday night. They've done that for week 15. Philadelphia and Seattle were supposed to play Sunday. It'll now be on a Monday. And Kansas City, New England moved from a Monday back to a Sunday. Shows you how bad the Patriots are for the NFL to move Patrick Mahomes off of prime time. NBA, the Warriors beat the Clippers 120 to 114. Steph Curry scored 26 at seven rebounds, eight assists. Hockey, the Bruins had lost three straight. They came home, shut out the Sharks 3 0. Washington won at Anaheim 5 4. A win for LSU, the defending national champs in women's basketball. Angel Reese back in the lineup, scored 19. She had been out the last four games. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. The truce is over in Gaza. The seven-day ceasefire between Israel and Hamas has ended. Israel is resuming combat operations after Israel said Hamas violated its agreement that has released dozens of hostages over the last seven days in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. For the latest, we are joined by Rosalind Matheson, Bloomberg News Director for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Roz, thanks for being with us once again. What set off this resumption of combat? Well, basically, the truce was due to lapse either way in the early hours this morning. What we had seen previously was that the ceasefire was rolled over for two further days, uh, and there had been talks to try and get it rolled over. Again, those clearly weren't successful, and so the the ceasefire lapsed early this morning. Uh, And what we have is Hamas and Israel both accusing the other of violating the terms of the ceasefire, not meeting the agreements about the release of Israeli hostages yesterday, the number of those hostages, uh, Hamas accusing Israel in turn. And now we've seen a resumption of the fighting, as you say. We saw airstrikes into Gaza this morning. We know the fighting's going on there. Again, Hamas says there have been casualties um, and wounded at hospitals already. And Israel is making clear that their goal in the end still is to eradicate Hamas. And as part of that, they now see the military campaign likely moving further south in the Gaza Strip. It's been quite concentrated in the north. But the messaging today, the warning to people in Gaza today is be prepared because the military is going to now push further south. And the messaging from the U.S. with that expectation that the war would be heading to the south was that Israel needs to limit civilian casualties. Talk about U.S. diplomacy, the role that's playing there and whether that could have any impact on what we see on the ground. Well, that's right. In fact, the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, was still on the ground in Israel when the fighting did resume. He took off shortly afterward for Dubai to attend the COP28 summit. But in his meetings in Israel, he said he made very clear to officials there that the U.S. is concerned about the humanitarian situation inside Gaza, that they're urging Israel to do uh, everything they can to limit the impact on civilians from this war um, and to also uphold international humanitarian law. And that was the public messaging. So privately, you can imagine it was possibly a bit stronger. I mean, you can see the the rhetoric shift really from the US since the start of this on October 7, which was the Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, The US does remain strongly supportive of Israel in this, but has become more vocal in their concerns about the impact on Gaza. And certainly that was a message that Blinken was delivering on the ground. And even as the fighting continues, we're hearing from Qatar, which has been uh, leading negotiations on extending the ceasefire, that there are still talks underway to bring in further pauses. Can you give us further clarity on that? Well, that's right. In fact, even when the fighting was going on before the truce, we knew those lines of communication were working quite furiously. Qatar, alongside Egypt and and US officials, acting as go-betweens between Hamas uh, and also Israel and and a role potentially for Iran in all of that. The idea was to get towards that initial truce that we saw that lasted for seven days in the end. And Qatar's been out this morning very quickly to say, despite the resumption of the fighting, uh, those talks are still going on. It is is uh, hopeful that there can be a way back uh, to at least another temporary truce 
uh, that's because there are still Israeli hostages inside Gaza that we know um, and aid, aid agencies that hope to get uh, more humanitarian aid into Gaza during that window, uh, which is now shut at least for now. And so Qatar is saying we're still talking about there. We're hoping we can get to a point to at least have a temporary truce. But the reality in the end also, Israel has made very, very clear that they intend to keep fighting. Uh, their overarching goal is to eradicate Hamas. And right now they don't see that goal as having being met. Only have a minute left, Roz, but before the fighting began, the New York Times reported that Israel got a hold of Hamas's battle plan for October 7th more than a year ago. Uh, tell us more about that. Well, that's right. In fact, this was also reported by an Israeli media outlet, Khan Media, a couple of days ago, saying that Israel did get blueprints um, of this plan by Hamas a, a year ago, but dismissed it as too difficult for Hamas to carry out, implausible, and so didn't really follow up on it. And that echoes some of what we've seen uh, from, from the reporting we've done ourselves, which is really this presumption on the part of the Israeli security forces, the intelligence services, that Hamas wasn't able to do something of this nature. Nature, that yes, you'd see six skirmishes go on from time to time uh, from Gaza into Israel, but that a full-throated attack was impossible. And that's why, in the end, they kind of missed the signals leading up to the October 7 attack. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.